Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Council member Anthony Phillips represents Philadelphia's 9th District and... He comes every Friday to give us an update on what happened in the city council meeting the day before so that we are not asking questions. We, we were doing this for years. I can't believe what those people said in the city council and they don't know. And so he's on to cover all the things that were discussed and he answers your questions all in 25 minutes, y'all. So welcome, sir, to the source uh, on this Friday morning. How are you? Oh, well, good morning. Good morning. It's always good to be here in the morning. Um, you know, you have been unfazed by my foolishness. I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Because you know, I think this is just important that we let individuals know, you know, how government is working in action. You know, all the things that are, that are coming up and things that people, you know, are having discussions with folks about throughout the week. Um, you know, I think that there's just just a few things I want to share out. A lot of people don't know when it comes to Philadelphia City Council. On a weekly basis, uh, Philadelphia City Council members ha- are encountered with large organizations, lobbyist groups, as well as unions and other labor groups who literally have this like operation of people who are like, you know, this is what we this is what so we wait, find. So wait, so wait, just so I'm clear. Yeah. These people, the lobbyist group, large businesses, et cetera, they come through the annals of City Hall and lobby you for throughout the week. Throughout the week. Um and and so what I and this is and then oftentimes, right, the people who are often the loudest, right, about their issues and concerns, and they're a lot more organized, right? They get their issues heard because at the end of the day, you don't want this loud group, right, being necessarily like loud about something that you didn't do. So therefore, you end up supporting them more. Well, so, wait, well, wait. Uh, okay, so here comes there you Marvel. Go. Here comes Marvel. What the hell if they're loud and wrong? That's, that is the problem. So what I decided that is that I don't care how loud you are, right? If you're, if this is not what the residents of our district one, I'm not going to do that because you're going to be loud about something. Like, for example, that's bullying. Uh, well, that's what happens. And so sometimes people, that is why it is very important that in these positions that we have people and not only just city council, but our state government and our federal government who are not just, you know, saying like most people who do this work, I will say to you love service, right? But they also cannot be just committed to this, like, I got to maintain my job, right? Because this is a, to me, this is not a job. This is a position of responsibility. So if you, if you, if you have the mindset that like, I got to do whatever it takes so I can keep my job, you're, you're going to do the things that are going to keep your job as opposed to doing the things that are about service. And that's the biggest difference. So what yeah. happens to the people, the average citizen uh, in these communities that have concerns and issues about blight, about being pushed out of their community, and they're not as organized as these other lobbying groups, lobbyist groups? Because yeah. city council is in charge. What is your budget? How many billions of dollars? 
We have we that we have a at this point we have a, a two a three three billion dollar budget um, right. for the city of Philadelphia. Right. Um. And and actually, hold on, let me just double check. But the reality is like we have in our city, right? What hap- Well, let me go back to your question. Our city literally has people like this week. I met with. Um, one of the groups it has to be is the F and FDR Park. I'm the chair of Parks and Rec, right? And so in FDR Park, there are a large or there's a large group of people may not represent the entire neighborhood. This is in South Philadelphia, doesn't represent the entire neighborhood, but there's a large group of people who are organized who are saying that we believe that the environment will be impacted by this uh, a group coming in to actually put down a football field so that young people can play football and so forth in South Philadelphia. They're often, they're, a lot of folks are, I'm not sure they have jobs every day, but they have time and resources where they can literally come to city council every single day and maybe, maybe be unpaid. I'm not sure if this paid or not, but then that impacts sometimes decision-making Whereas instead of something that residents may want, which is like a football field for recreation for children, but because this group is so loud every single day, there's a potentiality that that football field can never come to fruition because they're talking about the environment and the troops, right? And, and These so, are the things people so, deal with every day. But do they come up with solutions so that you just not just don't want a particular group of children in their community? That's what it is. And that's what this has come down to. They have, they don't want a particular, they love the bike riding, the, the, the respite nature of the park. And so the idea of having a black group of kids coming into this particular park for, for the play football takes away from what they want in the area. So what they'll do is that they'll literally come and like bash city council members email every single day. Meanwhile, residents like us who are listening to word, we're not as organized. We're not pushing things. Why? Because we we have jobs, we have responsibilities, which is, and those are the things that bothers me because I'm like, we got to get more organized. Why I tell people, people say to me, oh, Anthony Phillips, the leaders of the city need to do more. I'm letting you know, like, you are absolutely right. And that's why I'm staying up. I stay up all night trying to figure these things out, but I need you to get into the game too. Right. That's why I don't mind when people text me and call me and say, because it's, it's really important that you are in this game, because what happens is, is that it helps us remain unified. And you're also taking back your neighborhood as well. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. So I had listen, to, if you want that football field and you, you've got children, then you got to fight back just as hard. Start send emails, you know, ask the questions. You may not be able to go down to City Hall every day, but send a petition with signed by God knows how many people that would be impacted by this football yes. in a positive way. Look, I, I'm going I'm to give you a fine example of this, and uh, I won't believe it is anymore. But another fine example of this is in Chestnut Hill, right? Uh, in Chestnut Hill, there were there literally the, they were having their civic one their civic association, a couple of community groups. Organize rallies, emails, robocalls um, in their neighborhood to make sure that I believe the R one of the train stations, I believe it's the R seven or something like that, was not was not going to be let go due to like you know a cut in funding from from SEPTA. 
And so and now they have like poster boards and they also have like lawn signs saying save our trains and set Chestnut mm-hmm. Hill, right? Mm-hmm. They rallied not only their state representatives, but they're also the city government and their federal their representatives to the point where their, their attention is on this. And now the governor's attention is on this. And so most likely that train okay. will remain. Will remain. But because we don't have civic associations and people who are willing to organize around issues, people don't listen. And like people don't wake up to those. It's like, if, yeah, you know there's an issue in your neighborhood, but until you rally around it, a lot of people just don't pay attention to it, right? So that's why it's so important to have residents who are active when it comes to getting city resources as well as other resources in, in the communities. What does a resident of the city need to do to get before city council to speak about the things that matter to them? Yes. So one of the things that residents can do, which is always hard because some, oftentimes it's in the middle of the day, uh, come during public comment to city council. That's around 10 o'clock in the morning. And you can make a statement about a particular uh, initiative cause that you want. That's, as long as it's relevant to the topic of the day, you can do a public comment. The other thing that I ask residents to do is that join a civic association and get your entire neighborhood to join a local civic association within that area. If you don't like that with the way the civic association works, then you need to organize a civic association and make sure that is inclusive and representative of the ideas that you want for your neighborhood. You don't need a ton of money to do that. All you need to do is a you book a rec center and just knock on doors, get people involved and try to make sure that elected officials come to those meetings and hear the concerns of those particular neighbors. And then also do they have to sign up in advance to do public comment? Yes. Yeah. They can sign up the same day, um, but they can also sign up the day before as well um, to to do public comment. They can come up uh, to the the clerk. There's a sign in the area and they can sign up for, for public comment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What else did you have to add to that? All right. Thank you. So I just wanted to give uh, information that uh, we we Council President King out of Johnson introduced resolution that I signed on to that will reconvene the Philadelphia Tax Reform Commission and basically create a special committee on the city um, and a private sector around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so during his uh, inaugural address um, on January second. Um, Council President Johnson said that he really wanted to reform the tax structure in the city because he believes that like our tax structure needs to encourage businesses to move into Philadelphia. But we also need to find a healthy and fair balance between tax relief for businesses while also significantly investing in small businesses, uh, which are the big rock economy of our community. And we're looking for methods to reduce taxes for Philadelphia residents workers, and of course, our businesses. Right now, we have not, we haven't had a tax reform commission that will also look for revenue, but also look for us to have some level of relief because wage tax as well as the business tax um, continues to increase. And we're looking to see, you know, what ways can we do um, you know, to make it more functional and so forth. So that's what happened to city council uh, this past week, and the, the committee will be uh, formed, and we're looking forward to seeing how that works out. Um, I have a question. Yes. I have a question. There are people who live in this city that have 
own their homes and pay their property taxes for years one end. And they get to a certain age. Can there be some kind of stasis, some kind of commission for the elderly? The, I call them my seasoned citizens. Mm. Own their homes, but, uh, you know, the taxes, they keep being taxed out of their homes. Can there be some kind of stasis for them where they either stop paying property taxes after the age of 65, 66, right? And to keep, to hold on to their homes or make their property taxes in, in such a way that it, it, it's not a burden upon them uh, with their limited income. Uh, I know they're doing certain things now, but it's just not enough. And I'm watching across this country how uh, people have owned their homes, worked all their lives, owned their homes. And then all of a sudden, there's all this infrastructure coming in. Their little hundred and something thousand dollar home is now worth $800,000 because of all the building that's happening around them. And they're taxed the hell out of their homes. Is there a way? Can we start a precedent here in Philadelphia? Right. Because we're seeing it happen everywhere. You know, and I, listen, I'm with you on that as a as a as a potentiality, uh, especially if it if it works for the city. Because you're right, uh, we are seeing tons and tons of development happen in the city of Philadelphia. And and to be honest with you, development is important because some of these houses in these areas are just you know falling falling apart. However, we don't want to. Some of our senior citizens who have on fixed incomes. We do not want to tax them out of their own area, nor do we want to put them in a position where their homes are not as, you know, decent, right, compared to other homes. Because they right, don't, because, they, because they, there, there are programs out here, uh, yes. uh, council member, that can, and, and there are people who are accessing the programs who know exactly what to do. But as you become a senior, uh, I hate saying senior, as you become a seasoned citizen, seasoned there, has citizen to be, like yeah, there, there has to be a way to create spaces to go into these homes. You know where they are, right? Yeah. Okay, what can we do? Let's fix the facade. Uh, uh, um, I'm looking at his face. Congressman Dwight Evans. He went through yeah. that whole neighborhood and fixed the facades at no cost for a whole bunch of houses, right? And then if there's yeah. interior, interior work done, there are all these programs here. Um, some of them I know sponsored by Wells Fargo that can go into these people's homes and fix their homes at no cost, right? Um, yes. so to give them so that they can live out the rest of their lives and live some, leave something tangible for their descendants, for the people that are coming behind them. We just cannot continue to live and work and then die with absolutely nothing because of people's awful thought patterns that leave us with absolutely nothing. How do we fight that? Uh, you, the way we the way we fight that is is by uh, so for example, on Philadelphia City Council, we have a housing committee. Uh, we need to so what we need to do is have the chair of housing as well as the vice chair and the rest of the committee members. They need to focus on these type of issues, right? And so you know, my my concerns and my priorities for the year focus around education, infrastructure, which is also important, and neighborhood revitalization, quality of life issues. Uh, but I think it's also I think the way we we create that opportunity is by uh, basically bringing it to the forefront. And I think that I'll do that. I don't mind, you know, us looking into that because we have to. One of the things I'll tell you that we do is that um, we have the homestead exemption, which is a new program in the city. Um, I'm not sure if a lot of folks have heard about it, but some lobby will have. If you if you own your primary residence, you're eligible for the homestead exemption. Um, on real estate tax. So what that does is that with the exemption, the prop, your property's assessed value is reduced by $80,000. And most homeowners are going to save about $1,000 a year 
on real estate tax on a tax bill, you know, um, right now as a result of it. So if you apply, you can actually get um, some real estate relief from some of these individuals who are, you know, are, are struggling with these incredible like taxes that are can continue to be pervasive for their home. And, and, um, and, and if if there's building happening all around them, then tax those buildings that are worth five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars and don't make the person who is living there in a hundred and eighty seven thousand dollar home have to bear the burden of what's happening all around them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, 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 and that's that's one of the things that. That's very important for us to, to talk. I mean, that's I an easy fix. I agree. Hell, that's an easy fix. I agree. It's almost like they. It's like if you if you've been in your home for a certain amount of years, right, and you're 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 a certain age, income, and so forth, right, you don't get taxed out of your home. It's not simple, right? Sounds simple. (laughs) Simple. All right. So and 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 so the other thing that is also happening, which I'm very excited about, um, it actually connects, and I'll certainly follow up on what you just said. That's important. I want to tell you that uh, we are our team is working on a infrastructure neighborhood revitalization plan, uh, particularly for the ninth district. Um, We're focused on letting people know that the ninth district is open for business. Uh, So we have places like in. Oyer Road, Fifth Street, uh, Old Guys Avenue, Washington Lane, Wasworth Avenue. Uh, these are what you call, as Governor Shapiro says, main streets, right? Um, and a lot of times you want the main streets in, in the city of Philadelphia to be places that are walkable, places, destinations, places where people want to go. And right now, what these places used to be, they, they are not what in terms of like they, what they used to be a service and fascinating for people, they're not fascinating for people right now, right? And people are now going out to Montgomery County and Bucks County and uh, downtown as opposed to shopping in their own area. And so one of the things that I've been working with uh, Kim Lloyd over at Orc with uh, for a certain period of time among some other folks is trying to find uh, places in the city to say, I mean, investors as well as businesses say, hey, we want to invest a coffee shop or coffee or coffee shop, ice cream parlor um, or some other sit down restaurant um, in your area. Because at the end of the day, we need to keep we need to have diversity among our business corridors and we just need people to make that investment. So I think it's important that a lot, a lot of folks in, in our, our who are district council members to let people know, hey, we're you know, the city's open for business because our commercial quarters need diversity. When we do create this diversity for these commercial quarters, we don't want to tax our folks out because what often happens is that when things change, <laughs> that taxes our neighbors out. However, so addressing that issue simultaneously is going to be just as important. But at the same time, I know what we do know, Ms. Andrea, is that um, residents in the ninth district and also about the city, they're tired of the same old same old on their avenues. They want something different. So, and, and here's the other thing: the more businesses that you invite into these corridors, relieve some of the taxes, a tax burden on the homeowners, right? So, yes. it's a, it's a Sheltonham versus an Abington. Sheltonham, the people were like, we want to keep our green spaces, blah 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 blah. <laughs> Child, the the property taxes is it, uh, good God Almighty. Starting at $10,000 a year kind of thing, right? In yes. Abington, it's much less because there are a lot of businesses around. So the business taxes take away, uh, you know, re- relieves a little bit of the 
property taxes. So average $3,500, $4,400 kind of thing, right? You see the difference, right? The yeah. yin versus the yang. So we invite the business owners to come into the community and to, to, to work in the business corridor. In my mind's eye, we won't tax them the hell out of leaving the corridor, right? We want to give them a, you know, a little bit of relief in terms of prop, in terms of taxes, but it should also help the community in that the relief should come to the homeowners too at some level because you're, the more businesses you have, the more you were able to be able to tax and give the relief to some of the homeowners. I don't understand. This ain't, this is not algebra. This is not algebra. Right? It's elementary stuff that I'm talking about. And I don't see it, you know, I don't see it showing up uh, for our people. And I don't see our leaders having those kinds of conversations to make sure that they help folks. The rent here, the rent here is ridiculous. I said, Black Jesus, $1,900 for a two-bedroom? That's just a basic two-bedroom apartment? What the hell are we? How are people able to afford this? You know, it's interesting you said that. There's conversations happening uh, right now among some city council members who have expressed interest in this idea of rent control, uh, which is is something that is very interesting. Um, The problem with rent control is that if you're... There's is barely any developers that are interested in that type of thing. So therefore, as a result, it's like you can enact it as a law. This is the complicated part. Right. But then you have developers who just kind of like are not going to want to come to the city and do something like that. So you end up having to take is, your business that elsewhere. That is bullying. That is <laughs> bullying because in New York City, there is rent control. There are people making over $100,000 a year that can't afford to live by themselves. Because yeah. so there's rent control in in certain parts of New York City. Tell them to oh, eh, caramo, Andrea, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Because it's greed. It's unnecessary greed, right? Yeah. And so they have to be able to allow rent control in certain parts of Philadelphia so that people will be able to live and exist in this city. It's not just for the haves, right? Everybody yeah. is not making and, and, yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. Money. I, I am I'm I'm over the luxury apartments. Like we have so we have too many luxury apartments. And then if we don't have a luxury apartment, we have like a mid-level luxury apartment. It's like it's almost like it's almost there. It's like we don't we have run at this point, to be honest with you, we need spaces that are nice and decent where maybe the rent is around you know, a thousand dollars a month, you know, and that's, you know, that's still high, but that's better, but that's That's, better than most. (laughs) Hold on, council member Phillips, because you know, I talk Uh, to you and I get hot onto the car because I'm the man and all the foolishness (laughs) that I see going on around me. You are listening to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media, on air and online at wordradio.com. I am Andrea Lawful Sanders. We'll be back for the last few minutes with Councilmember Anthony for this poor thing. He just, he, I told him I was going to hold him accountable. He, t- <laughs> <laughs> he shows up every Friday at the city council, at the city council to take the, to take the wallop in because he's getting it for all of the city council members from Philadelphia. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to The Source on WURD, progressive black talk media, on air and online at wordradio.com. If you're just joining us, I am Andrea Lawful Sanders, your host, Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7 a.m. This is the part that makes me crazy. Dolores Davis says, Mother, can it be looked into for the senior citizens 
so they can have a flea market so they can make some coins from some things they want to get rid of. Our seniors should not have to do this. If we don't honor the the, the, the elderly and the children, this is the maraca we find ourselves in, right? And so not everybody, and I, and I want us to build a conscience and understand that not everybody is going to, 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 uh, to, to, to retire and are able to stay retired because they can't eat. They got to choose medicine over food. They got to, do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, I understand exactly what you're saying. Right now, our seniors are basically about to give away all of their goods just so they can live right now. And so one of the things this is one of the things that bothers me about uh, the position that our, our, a lot of our seniors are in is that we if they there's a call. They don't have the ability to continue working. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, as costs continue to rise, it's almost like they can't afford anything, you know, and then they don't have children sometimes that want to help them, you know, survive. And so which is, becomes another issue in itself, but their children may not be able to afford it. So right now, what we need to do um, as a city, as state and federal government is to make sure that our seniors have as much tax relief, income coming in, like through programs and things of that sort that can get them some rebates, whatever that might be, because this can't be life for them. And then also, then also there needs to be some sort of, we need to work on examining. This is why I think I love this tax reform commission, because we need to just really examine just ways in which we can keep income um, going into the hands of seniors um, and also low income residents. Uh, because at the end of the day, if we don't have that happening, then we're, we're, we're not doing our job. Right. Something it's, is intrinsically wrong about this country in the way that people are taxed. If you if you retire with, let's say, four million dollars in the bank because your four hundred one k you know maxed out and you did all the good things, if you get sick, God forbid, all that money will disappear on health care. And then after they do that, if they want to take care of you, then they make you sell your house. So what the hell is the point of working and building wealth? only to get to that place. And so now I am having conversations with people who are saying, you know, my money would, you could take it to Jamaica and it's worth six, five times. You can live a much better life living somewhere else. You can go to Ghana and that money would be worth six, seven times what you do here in America. People are packing up their ish and rolling out because they're recognizing that after working all that time and having all that money saved up, that it's just going to be, it's going to float away into something else other than what they want. They can't leave a legacy behind. And so it just feels like the machinations of this place is designed for you. If you are not completely independently wealthy, then dog name your supper, as we would say in Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I agree. I, 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 I agree with you on that one. And, and, and that's, that's where we need to be. Um, but before, before I go, I just want to make sure I know uh, for those who live in the ninth district, and I, I just want to emphasize those who live in the ninth district, because I'm not sure my office has enough room. Um, we're having an open house next Wednesday. Uh, from from 4 to 7 p.m. at 1503 C uh, Wiser Avenue is our district office open house. So just come on by for free resources, meet me, and also uh, get a tour of the office and so forth. So a lot of folks to come on in. Um, I also want to just let folks know bef- before we go in that our Kensington Caucus is still working. He's already been active. Uh, if you live in that area, you're concerned about Kensington. Uh, one of the things that the Kensington Caucus is uh, actually addressing um, is this. In Kensington, there are harm reduction groups uh, who have lost this lease. 
and basically, uh, basically harm reduction groups are the ones who help people make sure that they're not going to, um, th- that they don't overdose when it comes to like putting needles and so forth. They do, they do it out of centers and so forth like that. Uh, we also, we just got literally rid of the idea of most city council districts, you can't have safe, safe ejection sites. Uh, so what we, what we're trying to do is get, get to get these people into the mood of getting um going going for prevention right we're getting getting help and treatment as opposed to learning more about how to um you know put drugs into their bodies so that is why uh council mary lozada and the kensington caucus has been leading this initiative to get rid of these harm reduction groups because you know it's the belief that they're not really helping um the the residents well the people yeah, so right, right, all right, right. So that's all we have. Thank you, sir. See you next Friday. Same time, same bad channel. Same time. All right. Take care now. <laughs> bye bye. Right, bye. You've been listening to Word Radio on Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 